Praise the Lord. What a week, huh? What a week. Thank the Lord we get to come together and worship Him, learn about Him. God is good. All right, so we're going to get started here. And I have a, uh, I know last week Craig was here and he talked about stewardship and the and the, the role that grace has in stewardship. The week before that, Gary talked about the importance of money and giving to the kingdom of God and the uh, principles behind those types of things. So today, I'm going to kind of wrap things up, and I'm, I'm going to share on giving, but it might be in a way that you might not have heard it before. Is that okay? All right. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to roll right into this, okay? And, uh, you know, I just wanted to, you know, at work, giving in the, in the, in the kingdom of God and tithing and, you know, offerings and things like that, we have... I think because of our culture's changed where we, say, it's, 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 we don't talk about it much because it's kind of taboo because it makes people uncomfortable, right? At work, I had to listen through, I don't know how many jokes the guys talk about around the table about a church, a pastor, and the offering plate. That's what the world does, right? And it, people think it's a big joke, and they don't take it seriously. And then us, in return, we get shy about it because of what the world thinks about it, and we kind of hunker down, and uh, let's not talk about that. Right? And uh, so I thought, well, what am, how about we really take a look, and what does God really say about our finances and where it comes from and what we're supposed to do with it? If people really knew that and we really believed it, we wouldn't be embarrassed when people get, get, we were the bun of the joke at work at the at the work table, right? So, and and God starts to work on our hearts if we're open very early, as a young Christian. The Lord will start to change us. The, when we did communion there, when Christ offered Himself to the cross. That was extremely giving. God by nature is generous, giving, and kind. Right? You know, there's a difference between niceness and kindness. Our society is all about being nice. God's about being kind. Completely two different things. And we got to get around that. Sometimes when God gets after us, it might not be nice, but it's extremely kind, right? So I just wanted to throw that out there. I don't, I don't want to be the bone of the joke anymore because there is a reason why God has us do a tithe or offering, right? Now, the New Testament, let's just cover a little ground here before. In the New Testament, there is not a set percentage given in the New Testament of, of a church giving of their finances. That goes way farther back, right? So we just, you normally, most Christians have heard the 10% thing, right? So that's what most people, oh, the 10%, right? It doesn't say that in New Testament, but it goes all the way back to Genesis is where the whole 10% thing started. And so people in general will just take that as an opportunity, as a standard of 10%. 
The normal Israelite in the Old Testament gave approximately up to 23% actually of their income if you added up all the other tithes and offerings that they gave. Right? So it's just a standard. It's not a set thing. But the Bible does say, but when you give, remember uh, Craig talked about last week, is God loves what? Oh, you guys are, you guys are listening. Oh, I was upstairs, so I didn't know. I'm like, oh, I hope they were listening. Right? I was upstairs with the kids last week, so I'll, I'll find out, I said. I'll find out they're listening. God loves a cheerful giver because a cheerful giver is giving from the heart. And what we're going to talk about today is God is not looking at the exact you know, amount that we're throwing into the plate, but he is actually looking at your heart. He will watch your heart. He knows what you're thinking inside. Oh, man, I could really use that. Oh, boy. I really need another box of bullets. I wish I could go to the range this week. Oh, well. Right? Uh, no. Then there's the person next to me. Lord, I thank you that I can give this into that plate. Lord, I ask you to bless this money. I thank you for the job you gave me, and I thank you for my abilities. I thank you for my country and all of you provided for me. Thank you for meeting my every need. I thank you for it. I throw it in there. See the difference? God looks at the heart. And as Christians, I'm going to get to my notes one of these eventually. And as Christians, God starts to change us. And as we draw closer to the Lord, we start to reflect who God is. And God gives. It's an automatic response. As a person draws closer to God, as my kids draw closer to me, they start doing things that I do, right? Some are good, some are bad. I was like, you start seeing the bad, like, oh, where'd they learn that? And everybody points at me. I'm like, what? I do that? But as we draw closer to God, we start to mimic God. That's where the giving comes from, right? My kids, uh, at my house, you will find large amounts of Play-Doh around my house. I'm not a fan, I'm not a fan of Play-Doh. It gets over everything. And the carpets and the beds, little spaghetti noodles everywhere. But one thing I, was, I noticed when I was watching the kids play with that stuff is that they were taking, they have these little, these little toys and they can push the Play-Doh into it and they put a little pressure in it and they knead it into this little device and then they pop it out of that little piece of plastic. And it's a perfect resemblance of the mold they just took it from. And the Lord said to me, he says, that's the way I want your heart. Will you let me soften you enough to where I can push you into my mold so when I pull you out, you look like me? And I was like, whoa, Lord, this is deep for Play-Doh. <laughs> this is really, really getting deep. So praise the Lord. And as we start to reflect God, we can't help ourselves but start to give. We're going to talk about that. So giving weekly or whatever we do, our tithe, actually is an act of obedience, right? 
In Romans 4.13, it says, Abraham believed God, and it was accredited for him for righteousness. He believed God. We have a hard time, and our society is teaching us to keep it. Don't give it. They, the world will think we're nuts. You know when people come in here and say, if they heard that you gave your 10%, they would think you're nuts. Because society says you keep it for yourself. Me, 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 me. For us older folks, the story of Scrooge comes on hand. The Christmas story of Scrooge, right? Counting his gold coins. As everybody struggles around him, right? He didn't want to give a thing. You younger folks, you guys think of Schmeagol off of Lord of the Rings. Me, my own, my precious. <laughs> right? And that's our society. We keep it us. It's ours. I earned it. I don't have enough for myself. I'm going to keep it. That's what the world is. And, and, and I think sometimes the world starts to rub off on us. We forget the qualities and the principles of who God is. And I was like, man, Lord, you're right. I said, you know, so I know when the Lord first started uh, changing my heart, when I was a teenager, the Lord really started you know, putting this giving thing upon my heart. And I had worked lawn jobs. I worked all summer working with my dad. I saved some money up, and I, brought, I bought my first lever action Marlin, thirty thirty, with a cherry stock. I polished that thing so many times it glowed in the glove compartment and in, in, in the gun cabinet. Right. Every other day, I had it back out and I'd shine it back up again. And whew, I thought I was Davy Crockett himself. I'd, I'd wet the sight and take a aim down across the room. I go, yeah, right there. I was really proud of that rifle. Beautiful gun. My uncle had some hard times, had a heart attack, things like lost his house, sold everything he had to try to pay off his debts. He had absolutely nothing. And the Lord told me, he says, you're going to give your rifle to your uncle. I said, oh, Lord. I says, not that rifle. And the Lord says, I want you to give that rifle to your uncle. I said, but Lord, that's my first rifle. It means a lot to me. I really, really like that rifle. The Lord says, I want you to give that rifle to your uncle. I struggled with it for a few days. And I finally said, you're right, Lord, you said to do it. I guess I'll give my rifle. And, uh, you guys know I'm a soldier. I'm a, I'm a little bit different soldier. I cry sometimes because things get, this I remember how much things changed me. When I uh, showed up my uncle's house and I gave him that rifle, I said, Uncle Tom, I said, here's my rifle. The Lord told me to give it to you. And I love you. Here you go. And he looked at me and tears ran down his face. He was so touched that somebody would give him that rifle. We don't know sometimes what the Lord can do with a simple rifle, with a simple object. We might not understand sometimes what God can do with that money that we put into the offering. 
But God's looking for obedience. And obedience, God counts to as righteousness. So we had to make a decision. Do we follow after ourselves? Or do we choose to put ourselves into the mold of God the Father? That verse we went over is in Second uh, Corinthians nine six through eight. It says God loves a cheerful giver. Right? We're going to come back to that. So if you guys want to open up the First uh, Corinthians nine, we're going to go back to that at the end. Remember, so God looks at the heart. First Samuel sixteen seven. Let's go there real quick. Go to First Samuel sixteen seven. Verse 7, chapter 16. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I, for I rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but God looks at your heart. So God does look at our heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart. Guard it. Shield it. Protect your heart. Because it's the heart that God looks at. You know, God has always been, you know, faithful. God has always met. You know, I remember, uh, you know that one verse that says, don't despise um, small beginnings, right? I remember the, when Cherith and I first got married, and a lot of us, you know, have similar stories. It seemed like sometimes the Lord has us go through those things just to build our, our base on our faith in the Lord. And, uh, and God showing up when we really needed him to. You know, I remember the Lord showing up one time, and we, I, told, I prayed, I said, we had uh, some bills coming in, and this is back when the, the economy collapsed. And the work vanished. I was a construction worker, and the work dried right up. There was just no more work anywhere. He was scrounging. And I, I had bills, about $800 worth of bills coming up that month. And I had, we didn't have nothing left. There was nothing there. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I don't know how we're going to do it, but I need, I need 800 bucks. You're not going to be in, in trouble. And I said, Lord, I'm going to trust, I'm going to trust you. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't know the Lord said that he'd take care of me, that he knew my needs, and if I asked, I'd receive, and that he owns a thousand kil- uh, the, hill on a thousand, or the cattle on a thousand hills, and uh, I'm going I'm to trust the Lord. Well, from a, uh, a few months before, um, prior, I had an I had old truck I had bought, and I had paid my loan off, and you know I paid it off, and you forget about it. You know That, that one's done. I got the truck, and uh, keep, keep it running, and it'll be you know, good. This is around December time frame. And the bank calls my phone. It's never good when the bank calls. I'm like, oh, I don't even, not even, not even answer it. You know, I said, well, maybe I should. So I answer it. Answer the phone. I say, hey, is this Mr. Prince? Yep, that's me. He says, they said, well, we were looking through our, our, our information, and your account came up on your truck. I'm like, yep, here we go. Yeah. 
right, I'm ready. I'm getting ready. I'm digging in. Oh, yeah. I paid it off. I'm, I'm getting ready to yell it on the phone. I paid you guys off. All right? And they said, for some odd reason, there is no record of anything but your account has $800 in it that they have no record of it being put in there. They don't know. There is no, I mean, it's all, it's all computer. It has to be at something. They said there was no record of the money being, they don't know where it came from. They said, we have no idea what's going on around here, but here's 800 bucks. Merry Christmas. And I'm like, wow. Praise the Lord. They don't have a clue. I knew right off the bat. I'm like, because right away my prayer is echoing in my mind of what I prayed and how God was faithful and showed up when I needed him, right? God was faithful. God wants us to, to change into his image, just like we talked about. Isaiah 64, 8 says, We are the clay and God is the potter. You are the work of God's hands. You are. Did you know that? Did you know that you are the work of God's hands? God himself forging you into what he meant you to be as we surrender our lives to Jesus. We start to take that image of who God is. Is this making sense? A little bit of a different way of looking at things sometimes is a good thing for us. Jesus is a master of finding our faith. You know, the Bible says that every person, every person has a measure of faith. Do you know that? Oh, I don't have any faith. Oh, no, actually you do. Everybody has a measure of faith. Now, what you do with that measure of faith is up to you. But everybody has, starts off with a measure of faith. We can exercise it if we want. We can strengthen it if we want, or we can keep it dormant. And, uh, and, and, and sometimes it can grow weaker, right? So, but God, Jesus, was a master of developing people's faith. For instance, he, he knew how to activate. So he would tell people, hey, the blind man who came to him, he says, hey, I'm putting this mud on your eyes, but now I'll go wash in the pool of Bethesda. Well, why? Why can't I wash my eyes in this pool right here? Go wash your eyes in that pool over there. And as the man said, yeah, you know, I'll do it because Jesus said so. And he runs over there, and as he washed his eyes in that specific pool, his eyes were opened. So Jesus knew he had the faith, but he had to do something in order to activate the faith. And so Jesus said, I know what I'll do. I'll have him be obedient. And as he obeyed, he got what he came for. So when the Lord tells us to give, what do you think the Lord's doing? He's trying to activate that growth process in our lives. Who really, who really owns it? He does. And are we really willing to give back? Do we really trust God? 
In 1 Corinthians, they were, Craig talked about last week when uh, Paul was getting after the Corinthian church because they weren't giving, but another church that was going through some extremely hard times gave more than the Corinthians did. And Paul's like, what is the deal? Do you see what those people are going through? And look how they gave. What is your guys' deal? That's what he said. If you read the, the text, he's getting after them. Because those people going through the hard times, they knew what God said. And they, were, they chose, they, you know what, we're going to choose to obey God. And God will bless us, right? So, you know, I'm like, well, you know, Lord, if I say God will bless us, that's what people always say. You know, we have the, you know, these certain TV evangelists will say, hey, hey, if you give me today, a thousand blessings will be heading your way by next month. So give today. But wait, for 1999, you get one more, right? And I'm like, yeah, so everybody here, everybody thinks of that kind of stuff, right? And the Lord said to me, but it's true. When you, we choose to give from our hearts. When we choose to be obedient to God, we'll initiate, we'll initiate something's going to happen in your life. You will, your faith starts to grow, God's presence starts to manifest, and you start to soften and getting pressed into the mold of God, right? And then God said, you know that Jesus came to set the prisoners free, right? And so the Lord says, guess what? People's wealth do rise once they obey. And he goes, you know how? I said, how? People with addictions, the addictions go away. There's extra money there. People who have gambling habits stop. There's money right there. All of a sudden, as God starts to come and set the persons free, their wealth starts to increase because the old habits of the world start to decrease, and all this extra money that was being blown to try to fill the empty hole in their heart is now gone away, and now all the stuff that they had before, they didn't even realize the blessings that they had were coming in, and God starts to bring increase. I said, no way! And God says, and I start to change them. A person who used to work half-heartedly works wholeheartedly. So that employer down the street sees that guy, that young lady, I want them to work for me. And next thing you know, you get a phone call. I've seen how hard you work. I want you to come. Here's a better job. That's how it happens. You can see how the Spirit of God, when God is allowed to come in, when when we choose to obey and be the weird ones to the world, that the light of Jesus will shine in us, and things start to change. That's the whole purpose behind it. It keeps our hearts in a check place, checkmate to God. Lord, it's not my money, it's yours. It's not my stuff, but it's your stuff. And I'm only here for a little while. Bible says. Bible says my life is like grass. I'm like a flower that blooms and then it's gone away. I'm not taking nothing with me. But what is my life doing to impact the kingdom of Jesus? And I was like, man, this is good, Lord. I said, change our hearts. Change our hearts, dear Jesus. The Bible says, 
I believe it's in Romans, that love with the world is enmity with God. And that you become an enemy. And I do not want to be an enemy of God. That's definitely the losing end. Right? A couple stories I want you to leave you with there just to kind of think about some principles on giving and obeying. Second Kings 4, 1 through 7 is a story of the lady whose husband passed away. Her husband was a, a prophet, and so um, as the Lord spoke to him, he, wasn't, he was able to go out and work, bring in a lot of income. So once he passed, he didn't have a lot to give left for his family. And so the, uh, they owed money, and the creditors were coming to take her boys into slavery to pay off the debt. And she cries out to Elijah. She says, I don't want to lose my boys. But I can't pay the debt. Elijah says, send the boys out. Go to the neighbors. Gather as many pots and pans as you possibly can. So she sent out her boys. She ran down the street. And the Bible says that she collected all the neighbors, pots, pans, buckets, you name it. She gathered it up. And the prophet gave her a thing of oil and says, go and now go in the house, shut the door, and pour out the oil. So she went in, she shut the door, and as she poured the oil, it continued flowing until every single pot, pan, and bucket was filled to overflowing. Weapon, she would have said, no, I have enough pots and pans in my house. I got enough. I don't want to go out and do that. That's, but that sounds like work. I already work enough. No, she says, I'll do it. And she sent on her boys. So the boys are learning to obey. She goes, I, and she's knocking. Can you imagine knocking on all, Hey, can I borrow all your pots and pans and buckets? Yeah, can I borrow all your pots and pans and buckets? And right down the line. The Bible says the oil did not stop flowing until every single pot, pan, and bucket was filled. And the prophet said, now go and sell the oil and pay off all the debts, and you have plenty enough to live on after that. Praise the Lord. I said, man, what a story. What a story. Because she chose to listen. She chose to obey. One more story, one more story. I, I, get, I get into these stories. These stories impact me so greatly sometimes. that You know, there's a reason why every one of those stories is placed in the Bible. There's a reason why. There's something in it for us to get. And we're going to dig deep enough. You know that show, uh, um, what's that show? Uh, Gold Rush on the Discovery Channel. Those guys are up in Alaska, out digging for gold, and they're out these sleuth boxes and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, they're looking for the nuggets and stuff. Like, man, what a sweet job. You know, a guy's dream, play the tractors all day and find gold nuggets in the evening. I go, man, that'd be awesome. All right? So right here is there's gold nuggets in every one of these stories. There's a gold nugget, and I'm going to find it. All right? I'm going to dig into it. I say, well, what's the nugget, Lord? I go, something in here. I'm going to find it. All right? So the other story is 
Um, if you go to uh, uh, Daniel 3, 16 and 18, write that one down. The story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Three of my heroes, right? Shadrach, old Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're the three amigos, right? They get caught. King Nebuchadnezzar thinks he's hot stuff and, uh, and has this huge golden altar of himself erected. And he's convinced that he must be, you know, has God genes or something like that. And I'm going to have everybody worship me and bow down. And then if you're caught worshiping any other God and not bowing before this thing, we're going to have you killed. Not knowing there's this whole conspiracy behind him deceiving the king to do this, right? To get rid of these, these, these Jewish guys. So they, he raises this altar up. And the, 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 the whole gathering is brought in. And the trumpets sound. And everybody drops on their faces. You know, salami, bologna, they're all going like that, you know, bowing to the... But there's still three guys still standing there. They said, King, look at those three guys. They refuse to bow their knees to you. Oh, and he runs over there. He says, hey, guys, I'm going to give you one more chance. When you hear the music, you better bow your faces to the ground, or I'm going I'm to, you know what, I'll throw you into that furnace over there. Trumpets... Well, and then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they say, you know, King, we know you're serious about this, but we're not going to bow our knees to you or that idol. Because this is what they said. Now, check this out. If you read the story, they say, because my God is able to deliver me from the furnace. And then they said to him something even crazier after that. They said, but even if he doesn't, I'm still not going to bow to you. And I'm like, whoa. But they, their heart was at a place, even if God didn't fulfill the promise that he promised them, they still would not bow. That was their heart. Their heart was so close to God. I am not going to bow down before that idol because I know who God is. And God is really able to deliver me. But even if he doesn't, I'm still not bowing. And I'm like, dude, that's some stones. Those are some stones. I'm like, man. I said, Lord, I want to have a heart like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That I believe in you that much, Lord. I'm willing to obey you like that. That even, Lord, I'm to the place where even if you don't, I know you will, but even if you don't, I'm still going to obey Jesus. Matthew 10, 5 through 18, it says, Freely you have received. Now go out and freely give. So I'm going to leave you with that today. Something to think about. Where's the true motives of our heart when we give? The God wants us to be a people that give exuberantly. Not just because of the extra we have. The Old Testament in Genesis, if you read in it, it was the first fruits. The 10% came off the very top. 
because they realized where it came from. It was a priority. Moses made it law. Something to think about. So let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord.